Chapter 5, Part 3 of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book 4, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Rev. Philip Edward Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 16. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. We shall find that indeed true, that is written by one of the wise men. The Spirit of the Lord hath filled the world, and the ear of hearing heareth all things. But to those who of utter folly, yea, rather of blasphemy, suppose that aught they utter will escape the divine mind, the godlike psalmist says, Understand, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, heareth he not? For how could it possibly happen that he should not surely hear all things, who implanted the sense of hearing into them that were made by him? See therefore in this too again that the Lord is by nature God, for the secret whispers of the Jews in the crowd he is not ignorant of. He receives them into his ears in God-befitting way, albeit from fear of the rulers they say nothing openly concerning him. And when on one occasion certain of those who had rushed together into the temple marveled and were reasoning, as is like, or gently saying one to another, How knoweth this man letters not having learned? Needs does he again show himself equal to God the Father, who learneth nothing at all, but hath the knowledge of all things by nature and without learning because he surpasseth all understanding, and soareth above all wisdom that is in things that are. It was then possible for him, from other things too, to show and to assure his hearers, that whatsoever things are in the Father, these also are in him, by reason of identity of nature, which thing also he used to do in other things also, from being able to do the same things, and having like operation unto all things, mounting up unto equal dignity. For what things soever the Father doeth, these, he saith, doth the Son too likewise. And again, for as the Father raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, so the Son too quickeneth whom he will. But here it was, I suppose, seasonable and most suitable, to make a demonstration of the most necessary points. For his discourse about wisdom and learning without letters was made with those who had been considering these things. It behoved him, then, to show that this existed in him, just as in the Father. What, then, is the mode of proof? from his having equality of wisdom with him, even though according to true and wise reasoning, he most surely is himself wisdom and of God the Father, to whom in all things like. He says he teaches the same things with him, without any distinction. For either on account of the exact likeness of his doctrine to that of the Father, does he say that it is the Father's, or because he is himself the wisdom of the Father, through which he speaketh and ordereth all things, does he say that the doctrine too is his? Yet something else besides doth he dispense, contributing not slightly to the salvation of his pupils. 
for since they seeing a man on account of the flesh which was of earth received not the word as being of god and therefore seemed to be sick of a plausible unbelief profitably doth he attribute the teaching to god the father yet saying what was true and from fear of their being fighters against god if they held out any longer against the decrees from above persuading them to receive his words but we must know that by his saying again that he was sent he does not show that he is second in dignity to the father for we must not imagine a mission befitting a servant even though because clad in servant's form he might rightly say even this of himself but he was sent as word from mind as the sun's radiance from itself for these i suppose are processions from those things in which they are from their appearing to issue forth yet exist they naturally and immovably in those things whence they are for we ought not because word issues forth from mind and radiance from the sun therefore it ought to suppose that the things which produced are left of those which have gone forth of them but rather we shall see both those in these and these again existing in the former for mind will never be wordless nor yet word again without the mind fashioned therein analogously to this shall we conceive of the other also seventeen if any man do his will he shall know of the doctrine whether it be of god or whether i am speaking of myself we ought uncritically and without all doubt to receive the words of the truth and to believe that a thing once said cannot be otherwise than as it was declared to be but he permits not his saying to be without proof on account of the unbelievers but introduces a most evident and exceeding clear solution tempering with much skill the fashion of his words and what the skill is what the order of the economy we will again say they were seeking to kill him on account of the paralytic him i mean that was healed on the sabbath day gently then does he alike scare them from their dreadful purpose against him and clearly does he convict those who are travailing with their bloodthirsty purpose against him that they were choosing to fulfil their own lust rather than the will of the lawgiver for then saith he shall ye know perfectly of my doctrine that it is of god the father when ye shall choose to follow his will rather than your own but the will of the lawgiver and of god is to abstain wholly from murder then then he saith shall ye not holden beforehand by unjust hatred nor thrust forth in brutish guise to no seasonable anger know clearly whether the word of my teaching is of god or whether i am speaking of myself having therefore interwoven reproof with profit he with justice accuses them for that they unreasonably mock at what he teaches though god the father consenteth and co-willeth or what also is true co-teacheth and co-interpreteth but he puts of myself for 
privately and wholly severed from being after the co-will and purpose of the father and i do not suppose any person of sound mind will think that he accuses his own words of being spurious but says that they will never be otherwise than in accordance with the will of god the father for he speaks by his own word and wisdom his own offspring but that speaks not at all diversely from himself for how could it eighteen he that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory he giveth this evident proof that he doth not labour for his own glory by his teaching that he does not use any strange words and foreign to the law for this were to speak of himself but that he is exhorting them rather to be obedient to the former oracles while he removes only the unprofitable and gross shadow of the letter and transforms it persuasively into the spiritual sense which already lay hid in types what then he says in the gospel according unto matthew i came not to destroy the law but to fulfil this again he indirectly intimates here for the gospel polity hath but the transformation of the letter into the truth and having transfashioned the mosaic type unto what is more fitting hath the knowledge of the worship in spirit christ therefore speaketh and not of himself that is nothing diverse from the things already foretold for he does not put away moses nor doth he teach us to reject the instruction of the law but over what had been shadowed out in type as it were some brighter tint to overlay the truth very skilfully acquiring the good will of the jews does he offer the honour and glory to god the father for since the jews knowing not the word that had appeared from god the father were supposing that the law had been given by the father only with reason did he affirm that he was glorified by the keeping of the law and endured the contrary if it were not kept as it ought but even though the son is partaker of the glory of the father and through him had god the father spoken to moses yet he assents to their opinions economically but in that he speaks nothing of himself that does not agree with the law he confesses that not surely his own glory is it that he is zealous to build up but that due to the law besides this this too must be observed for indirectly and darkly he finds fault with the jews who are falling into those very things which they ignorantly blame and are accustomed to snatch at glory for themselves rather than god the lord of all and how i will tell for they falling away from the commandments of the law were born each to what liketh him teaching as it is written for doctrines the commandments of men for this again well does christ convict them as transgressors and as sinning against the very lawgiver in that they persuaded their hearers not to live after his ordinances but rather to give heed to their doctrines therefore albeit christ says still indefinitely and absolutely he that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory he is reproving the disease of the madness of the pharisees and that through their choosing to speak rather their own words they are stealing the glory of the lawgiver 
in transferring to themselves the things due to God. They thence shone not at length to seek to kill him. On which account specially convicts he them of transgressing, excusing themselves duly under the pretense that they were zealous to keep the law, and thereby honour God the Father. But he that seeketh, saith he, his glory that sent him, this one is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. As he who doth not seek rather the honour of God, but his own, is not true, but most exceedingly unjust. For he is not true, seeing he slandereth the law, and bringeth in his own will in its place. Most unjust, too, in that he thrusteth aside the righteous judgment of the lawgiver, and putteth his own above his lord's. Righteous, then, and true is Christ, obnoxious to none of the aforesaid charges. 19. Hath not Moses given you the law, and no one of you keepeth the law? Why are ye seeking to kill me? By many devices cometh about the discourse of the Saviour to one aim. For having in the preceding indirectly blamed, as was meet, the Pharisees who supposed that they ought not to obey the commands from above, but to introduce their own opinions, and were zealous rather to gain honour from those under them, and did not offer it to the Lord of all, but diverted it to their own persons, that thence they were daring to transgress more freely. He again, in other and severest wise, prepares for them open at length an unveiled reproof, for he being condemned for breach of the Sabbath, and enduring the most unjust accusation of lawlessness for this, convicted them not of individually transgressing the law, but that the whole nation of the Jews had made the law of Moses of no account. For tell me, he saith, ye who condemn the man who is zealous to show mercy on the Sabbath day, who have passed foulest censure upon those who do well, and freely condemn the compassionate. Hath not the commandment not to murder been delivered you by Moses, whom ye admire? Did ye not hear him say, The innocent and righteous slay thou not? Why then do ye grieve even your own Moses, by so readily transgressing the law that was appointed through him? An argument and clear proof of this is that ye persecute me who have done no wrong, and are unjustly eager to slay him who can never be accused of that whereby he should suffer this. Very pointed, then, is the Saviour's discourse, and most severely herein does he attack the mad folly of the Jews, and show that they who fall as it were with unbridled course unto condemning him for his transgression of the Sabbath, show themselves transgressors, and choosers of murder, and for this cause alone fall into the worst of all sins. He all but cries aloud. The paralytic, who had fallen into a bitter and incurable complaint, and who was spent with weakness at length intolerable, I have healed on the Sabbath day. But for my well-doing, I am condemned as though I had been taken in the worst of crimes, and for this ye determined murder against me. What manner of punishment, then, he says, shall be devised for you commensurate with such monstrous deeds? 
for lo yourselves too are transgressing the law but the mode of your transgressions is not of like nature with the charges against me for not as well-doers like me are ye persuaded to do this but with a view to murder which is worse than all transgression how then is moses with you in these things on whose account i though a preserver am condemned did not he appoint you the law concerning this do not ye again while trampling on my word ignore its transgression by devising murder unjustly such things then might christ well say to the ungodly pharisees but he abstracts the law for the present from his own person although he is himself the lawgiver and attributes it as it were to the father alone by him specially shaming into silence the shameless jews among whom he was considered greater than he for as we have often said they did not yet acknowledge that he is god by nature nor did they yet know the deep mystery of the economy with flesh but admired rather the glory of moses twenty twenty one the people answered thou hast a devil who is seeking to kill thee jesus answered and said unto them they feel the charges and hit by the bitter words thence proceeding they betake themselves to denial not actually repudiating the murderous design but only with all diligence putting from them the appearance of breaking the law the boast of the pharisees in appearance only therefore was christ wont to call them whited sepulchres also outwardly clad in the beauty of the ingenuity of art but within full of the uncleanness of the dead but i suppose that they say these things to take away fear as to his expecting to suffer anything not truly giving him an assurance that he will not suffer but drawing him forth unto a hazardous confidence and thinking to persuade him not to be zealous to be hid from them for then it would be no hard matter to plot against him at least as they supposed for they ignorantly deemed not knowing him that was persecuted that he would be obnoxious to their perverseness even though he willed not to suffer and would be caught like one of those who knew not the thought that lay hid in their minds the fruit then of their stubbornness is their denial and another kind of blasphemy against christ for by what things they endeavour to repel his words as untrue they condemn him as a liar adding iniquity to their iniquity as it is written one work i did and do ye all marvel we will read the verse as a question with a comma and a full stop but we will not be ignorant of the subtle meaning of the word replete with a most wise economy for observe how on relating to the jews his loving-kindness to the impotent man he does not say unguardedly i have healed the man on the sabbath day and do ye therefore marvel but more cautiously and far more heedfully he says one work i did soothing the unseasonable anger of the multitude for it was not unlikely that they cut by the transgression against the sabbath would even now attempt to stone jesus for indiscreet of counsel 
according to the greek poets and prone to anger is ever the multitude both applying gentless accord to whatsoever it is minded to and easily excited like a bull unto intolerable daring it is caught more apt than it ought in daring undertakings to dreadful ends having therefore put away all boast for their profit's sake he makes use of the gentlest words and with exceeding moderation he says one work i did and do ye all marvel on account of this one work he says although it was wrought for the salvation and life of the prostrate do ye condemn the mighty worker thereof as though for offences truly heinous and looking only to the honour of the sabbath accord not wonder to the miracle for this indeed would have been more fitting but because the commandment of the law has been broken according to your foolish imagination for no slight or worthless reasons but for the salvation and life of a man ye are unreasonably angry when ye ought rather to praise him who is clad with so great and god-befitting power untutored then by these things also are the people of the jews proved to be expending undue astonishment upon the man that was healed and not rather offering it to christ who miraculously preserveth but we must know that he in addressing them of israel and saying one work i did and do ye all marvel again indirectly reproves and makes known something of this kind for on account of this one according to you offence of mine he says ye marvel at my purpose as though i were bold to thrust aside the lawgiver then how deem ye that god feels towards you who not once merely offend against the law but make nothing of transgressing it in matters for which ye judge others twenty two therefore hath moses given you circumcision not because it is of moses but of the fathers and ye on the sabbath day circumcise a man of deep meaning is the word and hard to be reached the purpose of the text but it will be manifest through the grace of him that illuminateth defeating then by many words the uninstructedness of the jews and manifoldly teaching them that they ought not to go off to unseasonable wrath on account of the breach of the sabbath by reason the son of man is lord of the sabbath day but having at length attained no good effect by reason of the ill counsel of the hearers he passes on to another mode of economy and endeavours to show clearly that the hierophant moses himself the minister of the law break the law of the sabbath on account of the circumcision which had extended from the custom of the fathers even unto his own times that he too might with reason be shown to be an observer of the custom of the fathers and since god works on the sabbath therefore he revealing himself too as a worker holds that it is in no wise a transgression of the sabbath by reason of his being ever like-minded with the father wherefore he also said my father worketh hitherto and i work in order then he saith that ye beholding me working on the sabbath day may not marvel as at some strange and most monstrous thing moses hath given you circumcision on the sabbath 
and he was beforehand in breaking the law respecting it. And why? He did not think he should be doing right in dishonoring the law given to the fathers, and their custom, on account of the Sabbath day. Therefore a man is circumcised on the Sabbath day too. But if Moses considered that he ought to honor the custom of the fathers, and made that superior to the honor of the Sabbath, why are ye vainly troubled at me, and marvel at me, as though I were one of those wont heedlessly to transgress the law, out of contempt for the law? Albeit, he says, I work equally with the Father, and ever agree with him in every purpose. And since he works on the Sabbath day, well do I refuse to be idle thereon. He says that Moses gave them circumcision, although it was not of him according to what has been just said, but of the fathers, because the ordinance of circumcision was given to the fathers, but its rites were more definitely and clearly ordered by Moses. For our forefather Abraham was circumcised, but not on the eighth day, nor was a pair of turtle-doves or two young pigeons offered for him in accordance with the rites of Moses. End of chapter 5